Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, hey, it's Locked on Mavericks for Thursday, February 16th, episode number 88. Playmaker, Jake. My email. Your email, indeed. Uh, I'm Mike. He's Jake. He's at not Jack Kemp. I am at Machine Sports. And uh, you can follow the show as well at Locked on Mavs on Twitter if you're... Uh, if you would like to partake in that, uh, that totally free website. Um, all right, so we have, uh, we've hit the All-Star break. A pretty crappy um, heading into the break gr- game for the Mavericks. Um, they now, the record is, let's see, 22-34 and 34 at the All-Star break, 56 games into the season. And um, I guess real quickly we can touch on last night's game, which it was really uh, not a lot of positive to come out of that thing outside of Dirk. Um, looking superhuman in the third quarter, which was really, really fun. Yeah. Um, finished with 24 and 10, 4 of he's 6 a, from 3. He's run. He really is. He's playing really, really well. I didn't know if he had this in him. Um, I really had no idea if this was still left in that body of his to do this for, you know, um, a 10-day period. But apparently it is. And uh, whenever Andre Drummond just refuses to close out on you, yeah, just keep knocking down threes right in his face. That's uh, that's see, fun. Five games of uh, twenty and seven. Damn. Forty six percent from the floor. Forty eight percent from three. Yeah, I didn't think he had that anymore. I didn't think that man uh, lived here on a consistent basis anymore. But two and, I mean, and a half assists per game too. That's nice. And uh, not getting absolutely eaten alive uh, playing center, which I think is pretty impressive oh, for yeah. for his little uh, waddle around defense that he does. But um, this one started uh, pretty awful. Um, Pistons got up to a uh, 8-0 start. Rick uh, clocked the timeout. Uh, Darren looked uh, maybe like a quarter drunk during the first run, taking some really bad shots and a couple turnovers. Um, so the, I just I just mentioned Dirk not getting nuked defensively, but what but what does happen whenever he is at center? Uh, the rebounding just goes straight to S. Um, because that's kind of your trade-off, right? You're going to hope you can out uh, point per possession them by knock- knocking down some threes, especially if he's going to shoot 48%. But uh, you're going to get beat by 20 rebounds. And uh, I have really, really complex mixed feelings about Andre Drummond uh, and his value and where he fits in the, uh, the the pantheon of, you know, the young dudes that are about his age that are all max-level free agents – or not max-level uh, centers, I should say. But, dude, he is – he might be – the strongest dude in basketball 
because watching him, like, Dirk would beat him to a rebounding spot, like, and put his butt on him, and Drummond could literally, like, lift his arm, and Dirk would be thrown the other direction out of the path from where the rebound was going. And that's just, I don't know, that's a big man move that you don't see a lot in the NBA. You can see a lot in, like, pickup basketball when somebody weighs out, outweighs somebody by, like, 40 pounds, but... It was it's pretty it's pretty impressive to watch that dude work whenever he gets uh he gets to chasing down rebounds. Didn't have a I'm, great game offensively, but I mean it's pretty much just him and Boogie. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll roll fine. I don't know. I love that dude. I yeah. was uh, I was all over the idea of him being on the market a couple years ago. They didn't obviously you can't play him with him and Monroe together. Yeah. But I mean dude, it doesn't really matter it doesn't you don't even really have to be a good rebounding team to abuse the out of Dallas on the glass right now, but if you right. are, it's over. Yeah, and that's, pretty it's, much it's the only critical. way. Right, the only way the Mavericks can win games against Utah and against, uh, you know, obviously against Detroit, against uh, teams like Boston. Mm-hmm. The only way they can win those games is if they shoot like thirty-five percent or or higher from three. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. That's. That's the formula. I mean, we talked about this all year once they started actually playing competitive games. And uh, you can't you can't beat teams. Um, and Detroit's not a great team, but they, they have decided advantages on you, uh, that being that they have a really long, like, three through five and a lot of depth in it as well. I mean, John Lur goes for 20 last night. Um, if he... Uh, if he played every game of his career against the Mavericks, I think he might be like a max level player. Because <laughs> I just remember that dude nuking the Mavs quite a few times. But yeah, I mean, a team like that that can uh, um, roll out that kind of length and that kind of rebounding ability um, at the three through five and just get you by twenty boards, hey, you got to walk a really, really fine line to beat a team like that if you're the Dallas be- Mavericks right now. Because you know, even whenever you break down the splits of, <clears throat> you could do it from. December 7th, 17, or you could do it from just the last, like, whatever it is, 18 or so games since they've started Seth and Dirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dirk at the five. Even if you narrow that down and they're like, you know, whatever. What is it now? Like 11 and seven or 11 and eight. And they, you know, they're 12th in net rating. Mm-hmm. Even during that time, they're 30th in rebounding. They were 30th yeah. in rebounding before and they're 30th in rebounding after. And I actually think that's probably the main reason they made the switch is because Rick looked at his collection of tools and was like, I cannot field a worse rebounding team if I try. I might as well get some dudes out here that can hit shots. Right. I mean, they were 30th in rebounding when they were playing Finney Smith, when they were playing Bogut, whenever they were trying to play Barnes at the three. Like, they were getting killed anyways, so it doesn't matter. So Well, they don't, they don't have like a one-player solution, you know what I mean? Like, you could throw Salah in there and start him at center, or even when Bo gets healthy, you could throw him in there at center. Neither one of those dudes is, like, um, that big of a difference rebounding at this point in their careers where it, like, solves anything. And the things you would lose in a points-per-possession basis by not having uh, Barnes at the four and Dirk at the five and even Seth on the court, like, it's just a wash. It's just a trade-off, and you're going to end up probably around, you know, 28, uh, 25 to 30 in rebounding still. So it doesn't matter. Um, Yeah. But yeah, that's a that's a problem. I mean, there's obviously we're not talking about uh, competing in the playoffs necessarily, but if they were, that would uh, that would be their Achilles' heel for sure. Um, Reggie Jackson played really well last night. Um, into the first, or screw it, I don't want to break down possession by possession. But Bogut <laughs> Bogut uh, actually got some run, so screw you. <laughs> 
for telling me he wasn't going to play. Did you see the McMahon tweet? No. What did he say? Just the one I was reading the other day. Like, I swear. Oh, yeah, I, I know. I guess I could have read that wrong, but I swear McMahon said he will not play. Maybe yeah. it was the, one of the many parody or fake McMahon accounts. <laughs> what an industry. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, they – Pistons got out to a 46-23 to lead, and that was basically the basketball game. A pretty embarrassing effort from the Mavs on uh, getaway day. Um, but uh, there you have it. And right now they have the seventh worst record in basketball. Um, 538 has them projected to get the, um, let's see, three, six, nine, ninth pick overall. But right now they'd have the seventh uh, if you're looking at uh, tankathon.com or anything like that. And um, a couple news and notesy type things uh, came out over the last 24 hours. Um, Sefco got uh, got some five-hour energy drink and wrote like two columns in a day. And uh, one of them was <laughs> one of them was in regards to uh, to Bogut, how Bogut doesn't really expect to be moved, but Bogut doesn't know anything. So what does that matter? Uh, the other one was, um, this might have been the same article. It, no, it's in a separate piece, actually. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Sefco, just follow me here for a second and see if this uh, sounds like it makes any kind of sense. He says that uh, Denver was able to land a quality center in exchange for Yusuf Nurkic and a first-round pick. So Sefco believes that the Mavs should be able to land an even better haul for Bogut and one of their picks. No. <laughs> that will not happen. They're, well, not, they're not getting a better haul than Denver got for Nurkic. They could potentially do it if they were trading their first. Yeah. Well, good. Like, if he's yeah, talking that, about trading the seventh or eighth overall pick as opposed to the – aren't the Nuggets moving the Clippers pick or something? They move the uh, the Grizzlies. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be in the 20s. Yeah. So you're talking about the difference between the sixth but or seventh Plum, overall – Plumlee and the 22nd pick. Let's just say that. Is what they is, got for Nurkic and a second rounder? Nurkic and uh, – no, I'm trying to think what they got. Okay, they got Plumlee in a second rounder, right? Yeah, and, and they, they gave the, they gave away the 22nd and uh, and Nurkic. Nurk. I don't think anybody's giving you a Plumlee level player with anything. I don't. Even, let's stop there. No one's going to give you a Plumlee level player for Bogut, and you'd be foolish to give up the 10th overall pick for. Um, I mean, but if his point is that you would, if you traded Bogut, and the ninth or tenth pick would get you Mason Plumley, you probably <laughs> could, and that would be a terrible deal. Right? Exactly. Like, why is this conversation being had? <laughs> like, basically, all you've been talking about is, I wonder if I could get a late first for an early sec or an early second yeah. to get you uh, t- for for Andrew Bogut. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me see if I can upgrade that to Mason Plumley by throwing in a pick twenty <laughs> spots higher. It's a great deal. That doesn't wanna, make any sense. I want to know this. All. I want to know this conversation between GMs that's happening <laughs> in his head. I mean, if they had again, if they wanted to trade the first, dude, they could trade the first overall pick sight unseen for Plumley. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you you better be getting. And I like Plumley, right? Um, but I think you could get something better than than that for. I, I don't know, dude. I'm not moving that pick for for no really anybody that I don't think is like potential all star. No, I not, do still think that about Noel. Right, and not a dude that's a um, that's of Plumlee's skill level and about to be a free agent. Like those two yeah. things, those two bridges, I can't, I can't jump both those. Um, another note: uh, Satnam Singh is looking into joining the WWE as a wrestler. Is that real? Yeah, that's real. <laughs> wow, that's real. 
<laughs> Seth co-wrote it, so it's real. <laughs> so I mean, at uh, this point, did you end up watching that documentary? No. Don't. I don't want to. Don't. And uh, in fact, me I'm and my good. wife almost got in a fight over that because <laughs> I had uh, I watched it for the Shake Joint, right? And I I hated it so much mm-hmm. that whenever she saw it on Netflix and was like, "Oh, this looks interesting," I was like, "I'm not watching that." <laughs> She's like, you really don't have to say that. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I just have a visceral reaction. So I, the whole time I was watching it, I was just like, man, there are like second round picks who become NBA players. Oh yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a cool story from the standpoint of like, I do think that the NBA, I like the idea of it as a global game, et cetera, et cetera. But I just remember the night of being like, what are we doing? How many Americans have have uh, ended up in professional cricket? You know, that might be a movie I'd watch. Exactly. Well, I mean, like, that's the that's the equivalent that we're trying right. to make here and trying to make, like, a Hollywood story out of. And um, I was an Indian dude who my the Punjabi Raiders drafted, you know, John Smith from, you know, Virginia. I would throw something at my television then, too. <laughs> exactly. Um, so a couple of rumors that we don't have to really touch on. I just wanted people to be uh, – be apprised of the situation if somebody gets moved in the next uh, couple days while we're off um, and while all the teams are off for the next eight days during All-Star. You know what, by the way, real quick, let me stop you. I yeah. actually did hear something about um, – I think the Mavericks did try to get in on Nurkic. Oh, really? Yeah, and I don't – and I think that I, as we were having that conversation, I just didn't even think of it. But I think that it was something involving – Let's just say that I think that the Mavericks did try to make a deal. It's just dawned on me that was similar to the one we were just describing, and it didn't get him. Mm. So either he hasn't talked to them or what I found out or heard of through the grapevine was not true or both. But yeah. I, I think they have actually looked at guys like that. Interesting. Um, so the Celtics are kind of zeroing in on Jimmy Butler and Paul George, which is super interesting Yeah. Um, with their, um, you know, uh, Danny Ainge is just sitting on this mound of uh, draft assets and hasn't really done anything with them yet. Um, Emmanuel Moutier appears to be available for the right kind of package. Um, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk, Denver. You got my number. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people are talking about him, like, taking a step back, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, dude, no, I, feel like, I feel like especially, like, at the start of the year whenever we thought the Mavericks were going to pick in the top three, mm-hmm. I've spent a lot more time thinking about, like, the first three or four years of an NBA player's career, and you just got to chill, man. Yeah. Like, whether even if you're talking about, like, less blue-chippy type guys like, uh, like Justin Anderson, I mean, I think you just got to chill. Per 36, Emmanuel Moutier is still, like, averaging 14, 6, 5. His turnovers are, are down but still high. I mean, mm-hmm. that dude is – a and he's long. I think that guy's a legit starter. Oh yeah, very I think legit. So for sure. He was the seventh overall pick a couple years ago. I think he would have been picked higher if he had gone to an American college. So if you're asking me right now, would I give you our first for Moutier? The answer is probably yes. Yeah, it probably is. And I mean, he's a young player and he's not complete yet. And so you're gonna have to, uh, you know, uh, counter and hedge for some of his deficiencies as you would anybody. Um, he's twenty, about to turn twenty-one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He should have deficiencies. Like, there are, you know, I can count the five players on my hand that you don't have to uh, cover for in some fashion. You know what I mean? And none of those dudes are 20. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. he I doesn't would, shoot all that well, but I think that that's. He could figure that be, out. That's kind of to be. It's not horrible. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's I think it's correctable. 
I think it's correctable. Um, but uh, I thought that was really interesting because I hadn't seen that yet. Um, all right, pretty quickly, since we're going to have uh, some game action time off um, over the next eight days, I figured we would uh, we'd give some um, some light grades on uh, some of the some of the players of uh, of interest and maybe even the front office and Rick. Uh, and maybe next week we'll dive into this a little bit deeper. But um, I guess we'll start with the the big money guys. Um, Dirk Nowitzki, I think I'm giving a uh, a B plus for his efforts through 56 games of the uh, the pre All Star um, season thus far. Just for playing center, playing it decently well, and over the last 10 games, obviously what he's done. Um, not, I mean, I don't know what he could have done to get, earn a uh, an A necessarily. Um, at this, I don't think an A um, 56 games is in him anymore. But uh, pretty impressed with what Dirk has done uh, through 56 this season. Yeah, I mean, I think more than anything, just moving to another spot on the floor. I mean, he can do anything, you know, offensively. But, man, I really do think that I'm learning. If they open next season with the idea that Dirk is their starting five, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. Yeah. Like, watching him play the five makes me even – I think he could go to the bench and play the five. Yeah, I think so too. I think that when when you see where he can still, like, get to his spots, hit open shots, they have some guys who can make you switch. I mean, he drew Thomas and – although, you know, Marcus Smart's pretty big. He drew Thomas and Marcus Smart probably ten times the other night. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm still very confident that he could really cook in that six – not six-man because – you don't think of that as a six man, but in a bench role. Yeah. And we've talked about it at length. Like no none of the teams in the league have a bench that could be um, you know, serviceable against him defensively. Like if you roll out either a Seth Curry a Seth Curry Berea, uh Dirk, um, second wave uh in there, like show me a team that has the uh has the tools to stop that. And I don't know if there are very many at all. Uh I mean Boston might be it, that might be the one example. But um, yeah, I think that'd be that'd be that'd be nightmares for other teams. Harrison Barnes, uh, obviously the second highest paid player. I'm giving that dude an A plus, <laughs> just from what I thought he was going to be and what he turned into. His isolation numbers have dropped uh, pretty significantly over the last, um, you know, since the Mavericks have been good. Basically, uh, his isolation numbers have uh, have drooped quite a bit, but he's doing very the well. Do- efficiency or the volume? Uh, the points per possession. Um, his 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 synergy numbers in isolation have dropped. Um, he's down to uh, where the hell did it go? He's down to like point nine three nine points per possession in isolation. And earlier in the year, he was above like a one point one. Um, still pretty good. It's still good. I mean, seventieth percentile, but um, yeah. it's I mean it's good. It's just not like top ten player in the league. Good, but what he's picked up is in his uh, his post up game. So if he can continue to um do both those really well and you know occasionally hit a spot up and I'd like to I think his threes his three-point shooting could come along quite a bit but um I had nothing but compliments for what Harrison Barnes has put together thus far yeah I mean there's just no way anybody could have seen this coming I mean I guess there's some people that say they did but to those people uh I'm gonna give you a high five and then I'm backhandedly going to say there's no way you could have known that he would be able to do this because He's, you know, he didn't even do this really like, to this level in college. Right. Um, next guy on the list is Wesley Matthews. Um, I think I'm going B-minus on Wes. 
Like I kind of wanted to do a C plus because I remember some of those those cold snaps were like just unbearable. But honestly, dude, he's been he's been really good off the dribble, like attacking the paint over the last like uh, three weeks or so, and he's knocking down threes at a normal rate at his uh, at his about average rate. I don't know what the exact three point percentage is for him, but I can look it up in a second. And he's just been good. I mean, he's, he's been like thirty eight. Yeah, he's been an average starter, um, uh, an average. D- uh, two or three starter in the league, and that's that's fine for me, uh, especially for a dude that plays really good defense as he does. And um, you know, a couple memorable moments um, from him in terms of uh, locking down dudes at end of games and stuff like that. So uh, I think I'm going B minus for Wes. Uh, right, I'm right there with you. I mean, I might even go higher. I might even go B. Yeah, I like the idea of him playing the three more. Mm-hmm. Um, Although I guess I don't know what they call what they're doing right now. Whenever he starts, to me, it's pretty clear he's a three. But yeah, I mean, he's having a season that is right in line with what you pay that for. Which I think yeah. if you're if a guy is giving you what you're paying him for, then that's a B to me. Yeah, if and a guy's giving you more than what you pay him for, and vice versa, A C. You see how this works, Mike? Yeah, I get it. It's not uh, terribly complicated. I- I don't think we should call it like a three-guard lineup. I think we should call it like a secondary ball handler lineup because Seth is out there basically as the second point guard in a lot of situations. Yeah, um, that's true. Bo gets uh, – I don't think we need to go in depth about this. He gets an F um, because he just can't play like three consecutive games and he's ruined all trade value that he had. Um, unless you have something else to add to that. Uh, No. The Bogut thing has been a, an abject failure. Yeah. On yeah. every level. And I, you know, I don't know that either one of us were super high on it before the start of the season. He show you flashes offensively, but you can't, you can't play him with Derek. I mean, that would is like the slowest front court in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'm ready for it to be over. Yeah. And it um, has absolutely nothing to do with his conspiracy theory views. <laughs> Uh, Darren Williams, I'm going to give him a B minus as well. Um, obviously not being healthy, um, hurt the Mavericks a, in a really bad way at the beginning of the season, but I don't know. I mean, if you have one big injury for a dude that's north of 30 years old and always gets injured, I can't hate him that much for it. And I mean, his counting stats are pretty nice. Um, the counting stats are pretty impressive overall. He hasn't been good, like in a points per possession, um, since, He's actually, let's see, yeah, he's actually been pretty bad <laughs> in a points per possession and, and uh, overall half-court offense. But, you know, it's fun to uh, to have a point guard that can go, you know, like 15, 16 points and six or seven assists a game and just be serviceable. So <coughs> I this is a little bit better than what I expected him to be, quite honestly. So B minus, I think. There's a stretch of the last 10 games or so where he's at, you know, he's a solid 15 and eight with 40% from three. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess not the last fifteen, the fifteen before, ten or fifteen before he came, you know, was injured and came back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's. I mean, honestly, he's probably playing better. He'd be bit better this year here than he was last year here. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I that's do even agree. debatable. Last year he was really clutch, but like I feel like the rest of like the action that he saw on the whole was pretty bad. Like if it wasn't late in fourth quarters. Yeah. Um. Dwight Powell, I mean, I guess C plus, C minus. He's been fine. I mean, he's been Dwight Powell. Like, I don't know another way to put it. Um, 
He's been their best guy, uh, best pick and roll uh, roll man. Um, he's 77th percentile on that, and he's just Dwight Powell. Like I don't know another way to put it. <laughs> so it's it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Devin Harris, I'm pretty tired of, so I'm gonna give him a D because I'm tired of Rick uh, going over there and pointing at Devin. Um, whenever he gets frustrated with anything and taking Seth Curry off the court in a lot of those situations. Um, I just don't have a lot of use for Devin Harris at this point. But um, no, I'm probably not as low on him as you are. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, again, he's making no money. Yeah. It is so really if you're figuring that part in, I think he, he gives you a little something. But I think if I were to – his blocking of someone else's development is probably my biggest problem with him. Right. And, I mean, not, they are – Not they really are, his game. And they are in a weird way in backcourt situations. So, I mean, it's – I just it really pissed me off in the first quarter last night whenever uh Seth Curry was out there and he was the only person generating offense, but the defense was so bad um on the other end as a whole that Rick took Seth off the court and put Devin in and uh it just really bothered me. I was like, Okay, well yeah, sure man, but Seth is the only person generating um good looks. And then JJ Berea, I'm making it I'm I'm gonna say a D because he's been hurt three different times, three different calf injuries. Um, and he hasn't been like that special outside of like the first game that he played against, uh, against the, uh, I think it was the Rockets whenever he and Dirk just scorched them on the uh, pick and pop. But, um, unless you got anything to say on Berea, we can move on to Curry. Yeah. Nothing on Berea. <laughs> Curry, I'm saying A minus. <laughs> like I love the season that Seth Curry's putting together right now. Um, could not have predicted this. I thought he was going to be good. I did not expect this good. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we were, you know, I was on the hype train before the start of the year, mm-hmm. which was partially uh, pro- probably because of desperation, but also just because, you know, he was really good on a bad team late last year. And mm-hmm. to me, it looked like all the stuff he was doing was not fluky. Um, yeah. I think he's gotten better both off the ball and on the ball. I know most people prefer him off the ball, but I right. I think he can, he can handle in the pick and roll a little bit. Um, I think he's a little bit better on defense than, than I thought he would be. Still a minus defender, obviously, but he's not any. I I'm I love watching that guy play. He's a yeah. he's fun as hell. He works really hard. He seems like he wants to be here, which you know is pretty uh, common after you spent years on the Dayton Flyers or whatever. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm very happy he's a part of this thing. Yeah, and I think honestly him in the starting lineup and him being their let's see here. Um their third most frequently used offensive weapon has he's had the biggest effect on the Mavs offense out of anybody, I think. Um yeah. outside of maybe, you know, Barnes obviously, but um any like non-max level player that you didn't expect, I think he's had the biggest effect uh because they're like a really really good spot-up team now. And I think a lot of that has to do with him. Um, and him playing larger minutes. Then the other guys, I mean, Justin Anderson, I don't really have a grade. Like, I'm just – he's just kind of there at this point. Um, Salah, same thing, not important enough for me to really care about. Um, and then Finney Smith, I might say C-, minus. like, thank you for that first month, and then everyone realized that you're playing four on five um, whenever he's out there on the offensive end of the court. And I'd give Yogi an A+, plus just because he came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I'll go A plus on Yogi, and I'll go. Um, did you say Sala? Uh, I didn't really mention Sala. Sala, I'm a, I'd say what B minus. 
somewhere around there. He's been fine. He's so streaky. He really is. Like, for five minutes a game, he can, like, really turn things around. And then for uh, the next five minutes, it's like, dude, you are nowhere near being in the right spot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And for I'm Rick. I'm going to go C-plus on Sala. And for uh, Rick Carlisle, I think I'm going B-minus. Um, I mean, he's had to deal with a whole hell of a lot. Um, still going back to his – he's kind of been forced into learning some new tricks, but he still goes back to Devin quite a bit. Uh, the end of the Portland game, I won't forget for the rest of the season uh, that they didn't stop C.J. McCollum from cutting their throats uh, three different times. Um, but all in all, um, you know, making something – uh, a fun basketball team all of a sudden out of what he was dealt is um, is pretty impressive. And watching him trust Seth Curry and Yogi um, for extended minutes um, is something I did not anticipate seeing this season. So uh, I guess props and also let's uh, let's straighten out some of the other stuff. <laughs> I'm going to go B+. Plus. Okay. And then front office, I'm going to preemptively give them a D for not being able to trade Darren and, uh, and <laughs> Andrew Bogut. Jeez. <laughs> Preemptive D for not being able to trade uh, those two guys. They found Yogi, though. They did. They you did. You can't give them a D when they found Yogi. Yeah. I think Yogi kind of found them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I know they're not going to trade Darren or, uh, or Bogut for something valuable. So, we're just, yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I guess we could uh, take the week off next week. I'm leaving for a few days, so you're going to have to figure something out. Oh, yeah, Thursday. Out. Thursday, Friday, you're out. Yeah. Okay, we'll figure it out. We got like four days, so <laughs> we'll uh, we'll put something together next week that's uh, that's worth listening to. And uh, thank you for uh, checking us out. Tell a friend. What the hell? Tell a friend. And uh, Jacob, I'll talk to you uh, next week sometime. All right, man. I'll see you later.